Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. On today's podcast, we have Natalie Champion, who is crushing the real estate game out here in Hawaii. We are going to learn why owning your worth should come before owning a home. On today's episode, Natalie talks about the importance of community and creating a safe space for women to openly share their story. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast with your host, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose. Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today. So welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Natalie Champion on the podcast. And Natalie is a realtor focused on coaching people through one of the most vulnerable and difficult experiences of purchasing a home. And she is smashing the limiting beliefs that surround what it takes to own a home and is empowering women to become homeowners. And she uh, runs the Sparked in Honolulu group, and which is a you can explain it a little bit more probably later, Natalie, but it's an authentic um, relationship game. And she also is a member of Women Speak and has such a powerful voice and message to share with the world. So thank you, Natalie, for being here. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with both of you. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Natalie and I know one another through Women Speak, which is a public speaking group specifically for women. So that's how her and I met. And we kind of just want to dive right into just learning more about your story, Natalie. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what got you to becoming a realtor and what got you to where you are today? Absolutely. So I, even as a child, was always kind of a seeker, wondering what my purpose was, why I had incarnated. I was a super weird kid. Um, and I moved from major to major until finally um, I realized I needed to graduate. I couldn't be a lifelong student. at It was too expensive. So I got my degree in psychology and worked up in Alaska with adults and kids with developmental disabilities. Um, I loved that. I did not love the cold. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got on a, I found a spiritual teacher, got on a spiritual path, and then headed over to Santa Fe where I worked in the art industry. I worked in an art gallery for about 12 years, and I loved the um, funkiness of artists, and I loved being able to be essentially their mouthpiece, because a lot of them were not super socially adept, so um, I took it upon myself to connect people with what the artist was trying to convey. 
and and that felt good to me to to essentially be the agent for for that artist in dealing with the public and when I moved here, I realized that there just wasn't that much of an art market that that would make something like that sustainable here um, Santa Fe is an art destination Honolulu is not so I thought to myself okay what can I do that will um, capture my strengths of, of nurturing and wanting to represent people um, especially uh, with a high level of care um, because art is discretionary and so the people that purchase it expect a high level of professionalism and service. Mm -hmm. And for me, real estate uh, was a perfect fit because it allowed me to take that attentiveness and, and the need of people to just be educated um, through the process and, and allow me to, to nurture them and, and, and run with it. So I really enjoyed that. Wow. Yeah. And then I guess specifically with women, mm -hmm. how does that help women in this sense? And like, why do you, why, why specifically women as far as targeting your market for a realtor and, and, and all that fun stuff? Absolutely. So that wasn't my, uh, my uh, deliberate conscious target initially, but I am a strong woman and <laughs> like attracts like. And um, I found myself connecting with other strong women. And, and I don't know that a lot of people know, but typically if it's not a couple purchasing uh, real estate, it's, it's a woman. Women mm. tend to buy more real estate as single people than men do. I know it's very surprising, but uh, sometimes that can be daunting in a place like Hawaii where home expenses are, are unusually high compared to the rest of the country. And so my ease and resonance has always been in connecting with with women, um, especially especially here. I feel like there's a lot of really cool and interesting women that I have connected with on the island, and it just was a natural progression to then um, try to match these women with properties that would be a good fit for them individually and for them and their partner if they were in a partnership. Um, because I, I work with, I also work with, with single men, um, but mostly <laughs> it's women and strong women and their partners. So wow. yeah, that, that just manifested as a result of my genuine just meshing with with women in general yeah and so what are some of the struggles that you see specifically for women when it mm -hmm. comes to trying to you know own a home or first time you know if they're a first-time home buyer maybe specifically or even just for women in general in mm -hmm. this process of owning a home what are some of those struggles that you see so there's a couple things which I uh, I have observed uh, in working with women. 
And one of them is that women tend to get paid less. And so that makes a big difference as you're looking for, for property here. Um, it narrows what you can afford significantly. And so uh, one of the things that I like doing to overcome that pay differential is finding the best bang for the buck for, for my clients so that they can go into something that may need a little bit of you know, sweat equity or, or something, but it's in a good and safe neighborhood and they can uh, do the work themselves and come out on top. Um, I think that's super important. Another thing that I think women tend to be a little bit less confrontational by nature and sometimes that works against you when you're negotiating for for what is right. And thirdly, I think women sometimes don't value, we don't value ourselves in the same way that men do. And this is obviously a gross generalization, but I have seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of other women. And I, um, at this point in my life, I'm valuing myself more. And by doing that, I help other women uh, recognize their own worth and their own value. And I advocate for them fiercely as though it was my own money. And that kind of goes into my next question of how directly are you empowering these women? Like how directly are you saying these types of things to your clients? I say it all the time. And it doesn't matter if people are trying to buy property or if they're, they're selling property. I, uh, I really think it's important for women to recognize the intrinsic value that they bring to the table because ultimately real estate is not necessarily competitive. It's collaborative mm. and women shine when it comes to collaboration because that's, that's what I do. I, I love the, like, let's, let's find a place where we are all feeling whole. We're all coming out where we, we've got what we want. I, I don't think it's great negotiation where everybody feels bad because everybody feels like they didn't get what they wanted. I think it's the opposite. Everybody feels like they got what they should have gotten. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and why do you think as women, we really struggle to fight for our worth or even really understand our worth. Mm -hmm. what, it, what do you believe is, is behind that? I think that it tends to be passed along. I have a brilliant and beautiful mother and she, she has a blog called The Happiest Woman I Know. And there's a, there's a sweetness to that, but there's also a reality that she has struggled in her life and um, she'll keep it private and she'll keep it closed. But I've seen that struggle and my sisters have seen that struggle. I am the oldest of, of four girls. So we, we all have our, the, the heredity of, mm. of, the women that raise us. And if 
you're either trying to be a better version of your mom or you are rebelling completely from who your your mom you know was there there typically isn't a a, a big middle road with that um so for me it's it's about recognizing programming and overcoming it and you're talking about your mom's struggles how do you think your mom's struggles affected you growing up like what did your struggles look like especially in relation to maybe what she had gone through mm -hmm. so my father had had an affair with his secretary and so my youngest sister was a result of that affair mm -hmm. and that was really something that profoundly affected everybody in my family and my parents are still together and it took a lot of, of love and communication and undoing and redoing for there to be harmony there and yes. really my my youngest sister Vanessa um, ended up living with my mom and my dad in in their home in Maui for uh, I believe two years because she was in Venezuela and it was so bad there that my mom was like this is this cannot be hmm. you know so she welcomed wow. Vanessa into her home and to see that level of grace and forgiveness and class um, to me it gives me chicken skin just thinking about it because that is who I want to be. I want to be that kind of like clear and loving and and accepting of of people and transcend my own ego kind of contraction around how it thinks things should be. So to to me, my relationship with my mom is one of just I, I'm I'm so inspired by her. I think that she's living a life that is inspiring and i feel very grateful to be her daughter yeah wow there's so many things to unpack and just that's like, <laughs> i can't even believe that that's like yeah that's I, it's right huge it's huge and there's so i mean but it's it just goes to show that we all have the power to update our imagery and change our narrative and live the life that we want to live that has nothing to do with what anybody else's perception of good and bad is. Yeah, because I think in so many circumstances, somebody would have looked at an affair like that, right? And wouldn't have been able to get past that, you know, mistake and really allowing that to define the relationship, right? Instead of understanding the person and really for the forgiveness, which I think so many of us struggle with is that really that forgiveness. Um, yeah. How, how did the, these circumstances really shape who you are, you know, with seeing this as a child and have you been able to embrace your sister that, you know? Yeah, very much so. So she is now 18 and I'm 42. So this happened when I was an adult, you know, a young adult, but still an adult. And I, I from the get-go loved her because she, what, what happened was perfect. It, it had to happen. 
I have a sister as a result of it who's an amazing, amazing woman, and I'm so glad to have her in my life. And I really appreciate the fact that, like, Randy, you've said, you know, you are perfect just the way you are. And I, I, I believe that in the deepest core of my being. And as such, I recognize there's no, there's no mistakes. There's just karma. There's karmic patterns. There's missing marks and then refining who we are based on what we want to create in our lives. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so, that's so inspiring. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that she was born as you were already into your adulthood, you know? Mm -hmm. You said you had other siblings, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the oldest, and I've got a middle sister, Melissa, and a tooth, Tanya. Um, we were all three. We all grew up together in the same household with my mom. What was that growing up like with your mother? Um, she was a social butterfly. She uh, was very community-based, mm. and she would have these amazing parties. I'm, I'm first-generation American. My parents are Haitian, oh, and wow. there was always music and dancing and celebration in our household growing up. And that is something that I would absolutely like to have more of in my life um, because it's something that was so core to me as a child. Um, and I think that that helped me kind of slide into uh, create, uh, creating, well, not creating, but um, going into uh, taking over the, the sparked circle that Vivian Best has started. Um, and building that kind of community of women who want to relate to each other authentically and give each other the space to share our stories. Mm -hmm. so, so that was a good um, base for, for that creation. Absolutely. So I know that sharing your story is very important to you and just, you know, creating safe spaces for women to share their story as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how sharing your story and really owning your story has brought you to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. Um, it has not been easy for me to be in a place of sharing my story first, because I was like, Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear my life, like whatever. And as real or false as that is, it was my story um, until I realized that while my story is interesting, everybody has an amazing story. And as I recognized that more and more, I was like, I think that a lot more people think the way that I think. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear their story. And that's not true. I mean, that's how we build community. We, that's how we build friendship. And that is so precious to me. And I think it's precious to a lot of the other women that come and participate in things like Woman Speak or Sparked or even my clients who are looking at buying property and they've got their narrative of how they want things to be and they are 
afraid and they are vulnerable and it gives us the space to explore what what it is we're all trying to create so do you think it was kind of that influence from your mother and that really tied to community that really drove you into sparked into women speak was there something else that influenced you in that uh, decision as well um i think that my mom had a big part to play with in in that and i also think that being friends with somebody like Vivian, who is such a classic extrovert, <laughs> gave me kind of a new courage to get out of my own head and stop overanalyzing everything to death and just ask for what I wanted. I mean, it sounds so simple but it really is so profoundly the, the seed from which everything manifests because too often we rely on other people's psychic abilities to try to figure out what it is we are wanting from them. And then we get frustrated, they get frustrated, nobody is happy. So having that clarification is... <laughs> Those are birds. No, that is my my cat. Who oh. <laughs> Natalie mentioned before that her birds might make noise. So <laughs> just to let everyone know, if you hear the strange it's noise of animals. <laughs> it's my menagerie. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. So, you know, why do you think so many women struggle to really live into their life's purpose and really own their story and what they've been through. Why do you think we struggle with that? I, for me, it comes down to a sense of not, of self-worth, which translated to, am I, am I, am I wanted in this dialogue? Am I, is my opinion even wanted in, in this? And I think too often um, when we're dealing with things in work, it tends to be a little bit more patriarchal, which is like everybody for themselves, speak up or um, you won't get heard. And if you've got something that you're a little bit shy about saying, but you kind of mention it to somebody else, they say it and they get the credit, you know? so. I'm over it and I think that it's important for us as women to do something which I heard about in um, Barack Obama's cabinet which is if, if a woman has something to say and they said it another woman would say yes like Natalie said this and then other you, you know but it was like let's give credence and validity to the the person who came up with it. Not necessarily that that's that important, but in another sense, it, it kind of is. Because then you're like, I, I have something to say and people want to hear what I'm saying. And, and that's how we kind of bring each other up, mm -hmm. I think. It's true. Um, I actually want to backtrack a little bit because we've touched on Spark, but we haven't really 
dived and in, dove into it. Dove, dive. <laughs> Hi, English. Divin. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard. Uh, I guess just for those who don't know what Spark is, can you give us um, a, a, an overview and a detailed overview of what that is? Absolutely. It's this wonderful interactive game where uh, a group of women, it can be about 12 or so, sometimes more, sometimes less, but we all gather around and we have a little wand that um, the person who has the wand gets to spin a spinner and it'll fall on a category that is something like opportunity, gratitude, love, passion, happiness, adventure, um, one of those inspiration and you pick a card and it tells you like if there's a question and you can answer it yourself or sometimes it's a group uh, question to be answered and these questions and and uh, and answers and activities that these cards prompt us to do are just they're so lovely and it's so community building and it does so in such a great way because it's not like where do you work it's more <laughs> like what this month has inspired you the most wow. you know like something that is meaty and of substance and it gives you a chance to to, to find that to find your voice and to share your experience with other women who are listening who are not on their phones, texting people, or, or anything like that. They're, they're present and they're listening. And that feeling is so, it's so heart opening and it's, it's getting increasingly rare in this day and age. And I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to be able to gather women together in this safe space where we all, um, Say that we're going to keep whatever happens in this circle confidential so it's a safe space where we're all letting people share their experience and be vulnerable up to the point where they want to be and be heard if i may ask a follow-up question how did you even get involved in sparked how did this even come into your to your vision yeah so that was my friend vivian who um was uh, is a powerhouse now in Austin, but was a powerhouse here in, in Honolulu. Um, uh, and her uh, heart's desire was in creating spaces for people to gather and build community. And she's wonderful at doing that. And she saw this game on Kickstarter and bought it and played it and had this whole networking thing um, based around it and started a Facebook page that would show when games were going on and then when, when she left she started one in Austin and I took over the, the, the Facebook page that she started here and then I created a Facebook group for other people to post their Sparks games all over not only Oahu but um, the neighbor islands as well. Cool. Yeah, it's, you know, I've played Spark and it's such a fun game and something that always comes up whenever um, 
I've played the game with other people is that they've never really asked themselves, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people say that they've never really asked themselves these types of really, you know, difficult and very insightful questions. And can you talk a little bit about that and maybe the power behind, you know, asking the powerful questions and the difficult questions and diving deeper than surface level? Because I think so often we just keep things at surface level, but the power is in something deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, for, for me, some, I, I tend to be introverted and as a measure of self-preservation, I realized that questions will lead to conversation. And sometimes I feel like I don't have the energy to mm-hmm. go into real in-depth conversations. But you know what I mean? So, so for this, there is um, just so different because it's, it's questions that help you unpack who you truly are and who you truly want to be and what your ideals are and what it is you are trying to create in your life. And it opens doorways that I think if given the chance, um, our, our minds and egos would just kind of keep closed because they're kind of mechanical entities that are just like, uh, put this widget over here and done. You know, it's like, it's like, it's move, it's popping out of being on autopilot and, and surfacing into this moment, which is where everything manifests. And it gives people an opportunity to actually do that in a safe and loving environment. And I I think that we all could use more of that. Absolutely. Because I think without asking yourself those difficult questions, like you said, you can't really discover who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that that's what this life is all about, is really getting in touch with our true selves because... I I truly believe that we had it when we were kids. We had that authenticity. You know, we belonged to ourselves. We really didn't have that fear of what other people would think of us. And somehow along the way, we lost that. You know, so I truly believe that our lives is about coming back to that and coming back to who we truly are. But if we don't ask ourselves those difficult questions, which a lot of times can elicit difficult emotions, right? That so often we try to avoid, but it's only through exploring our darkness that we can see the power of our light. And so I I truly believe that. So I just, you know, I want to thank you, Natalie, for giving women the safe space to share their voice and to allow their voices to be heard. Because like you said, we just need so much more of that. I, I totally agree. And I absolutely agree with you, Randy, that um, those difficult emotions, they're, suppressing them is not going to do anything except have it manifest in dis-ease in another way. Um, and to really have the courage, willingness, and space to unpack those difficult feelings of guilt or shame or low self-worth and look at them it enables us to change our inner monologue. It enables us to see ourselves more like the child that we were with that 
immediacy and that enthusiasm and that sincere joy because there's no time their kids don't care what you think about them mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no time for that yeah and you touched on that time piece it's just like you know there is no time like we with only moment we have is right now and so i really believe we need to live our lives with a sense of urgency yeah i agree i agree we um we say if i die as though there's an alternative right <laughs> all gone down sorry <laughs> that's right that's right so are we living our best life here and now that's the question Something that came to me, I'm kind of curious about, you touched on like your, your idea of worth, like you as a general woman, but this idea of worth and value and what do you think was most valuable to you in overcoming these ideologies of not being good enough or not feeling worthy enough? Mm. Well, I've been on the same spiritual path for about 18 years and I think just having some kind of spiritual practice of either meditation or contemplation uh, or any kind of opportunity to get out of the rut of mind's agenda and come back into like your breath and the stillness and check in with yourself. I think that those things are essential in ascending out of old and dead images that we we carry of of who we think we are absolutely absolutely i love that so um before we end i just want to ask if there's any questions that we haven't asked or things that you would like to talk about um, or maybe a question that you wish more people would ask you before you know we ask our final question Okay. Um, One question that I think would be so helpful for people to ask is, what do you want? Because too often we give that power to something outside of ourselves and then we're disappointed with the effects. Um, Too often we don't actually embrace the awesomeness that that question can bring into our lives for fear that what we're asking for is too big and we live a smaller life and the world is smaller as a result that's amazing and then i guess our final question is what are three things that you can recommend for women right now to take action to uplift their lives? Continue to build community. Um, Don't isolate yourself. And I know that that can be challenging, especially if you have uh, children or a household that you're taking care of. Um, And I think that it's essential that we as women find each other because it is so, so nourishing. And that is something that I I learned later in life. Um, I was always a tomboy, and I always felt more comfortable with with guys as as a child and growing up because they were much more clear in my experience. Um, 
if someone was mad at me and it was a boy, I knew it. And with a girl, I was like, are you mad? Or <laughs> Are we cool? Um, right, right. And so I guess that would lead me to my third, my, my third thing, which is don't be afraid of your emotions. Don't be afraid of expressing your emotions um, and, and owning them so that people can really understand where it is you're coming from. Because yes, emotions can be messy and volatile, um, but honor them and let them move through and, and you can create a space of authenticity as a result of that. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, well, I'm sure everyone is just feeling so inspired and uplifted after listening to this interview. So where can people connect with you? Maybe, you know, find out more about Sparked. Um, Buy a home from you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, give everybody all the details on how to connect with you. Sure. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I have my website for Property is nataliechampion.com. Um, for Sparked, it is uh, either the Sparked in Honolulu page or Sparked in Hawaii group. And, and that's on Facebook, right? Those both are on Facebook, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. It was such a pleasure and we cannot wait for everyone to hear this episode and connect with you and really just take what they have learned from this. I know I feel more uplifted and inspired. And so we just hope that everyone who is listening to this just takes action to pursue their dreams and live their best life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both for creating this. Oh, Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes. We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then... Stay uplifted.